Hello everyone, good morning, Lucy here. Um, I think maybe I'm probably making a mistake in doing a podcast about the uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp farce. Um, but I can't, I can't help but want to share my personal and professional opinion on it, mainly because I've experienced two couples like this, and probably a lot more, but the two stand out to me, who are like Depp and Heard, who are mutually abusive and toxic in their own unique ways and in ways which unless you've been there seen it observed it been triangulated within it or read about it or learned about it or studied it you don't get it you don't get it i see i see an awful lot of people particularly saying that she heard for example oh and just one thing see everyone that's going on and on on about how domestic abuse has been proven right you're all forgetting that this was not a trial, okay? This is actually what would traditionally be a civil matter and it was about defamation, okay? This was a defamation, <laughs> this was a defamation trial. This is not a domestic abuse, domestic violence trial and everyone everyone who comments, oh, it's been proven that she abused him, it's been proven, it's, no, it hasn't. What was proven and what was agreed by the judge and apparently this jury was that she uh, she was not abused and therefore she lied, right? That's why she's paying damages to Johnny Depp. She's paying damages because the court decided that she lied when she was saying that she was a domestic abuse victim, okay? So just to get that straight, everyone all ranting and raving who seems to have missed the actual point of this um, and very aggressively sharing your opinions and going on and on about how this is justice for domestic violence and justice for domestic abuse. No, it's not. I repeat it was a defamation trial, okay? And that the decision was on that. It was not on abuse. Right. Anyway, so um what was I gonna say that? I've forgotten now, I've got myself all hot head up as usual. Um so yeah, so the one point I'd like to make first is that um apparently she'd obviously not naming him in this article, which is what this is all about again, everyone. It's all about an article, okay? Um she didn't name him and he kicked up a stink about it. Just to just say those just those two sentences, that's what an abuser does. That's what a toxic person does. And that is almost always what narcissists do, okay? They don't like the truth being spoken or printed. And you don't need to mention their full name. And they'll still kick up a stink. I know that. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Where I've, I've never, ever, ever, to my to my terrible memory, I have to say, ever ever said uh, both names of somebody who is involved in this type of toxic couple type abuse of me um, and continues to covertly stalk me and never ever said her full name. Um, and no, she's not famous. Nobody knows who she is, you know. And yet, what a stink she's kicked mm -hmm. up um, when I have actually uh, told the truth. That's it. Um, and Depp, Depp, if he's got all this integrity, and listen, I like Johnny Depp. I've always mm -hmm. liked all his films. I like him. You know, I, this is not about who I believe and who I don't believe. This is about the mess of a trial and the media coverage and the uproar online and, and um, friendships and relationships being destroyed by differing opinions. And an awful lot of people with opinions who have never been involved in, in, in dark tetrad abuse or personality disorder abuse or psychological abuse or people who use 
police and justice system to punish someone who's spoken out against them. You know, there's an awful lot of people who've got opinions, but they've never actually been in those situations, which I have on multiple occasions. Um, and many, many abuse victims have. So if he's he just, it, that for me is just a bit that nobody seems, I don't feel there's been much coverage on is if he's innocent and he didn't domestically abuse her, right? And she didn't name him in this article. Why kick up a stink? Just leap, just walk away, head held high, you know, with your headscarf on and your dreadlocks and your, you know, your funny walk and just, just, just let it go. Why would you kick up a stink if it's not true? You know? Hmm. Anyway, so, but he did, he kicked up a stink. So here we are. So then there's the stuff apparently was said. I didn't watch a lot of the trial. I found it far, far too triggering. I, listening to them and listening to their life being exposed and what was clearly a mutually abusive and toxic drug and alcohol riddled relationship being exposed really triggered me. There were things that were discussed that I know I experienced and I also was involved in when I was in my narcissistically abusive, domestically violent relationship. Um, and I also observed as a child being raised by a couple like this. And so I found it far too triggering to actually totally immerse myself in it. Um, but you don't, when you've been in it so much as I have in so many different types of contexts and through my whole life with couples like this, you don't need loads of detail and you don't need to sit, uh, you know, with your popcorn and watch somebody's relationship being exposed like that to feel informed, okay? Um, the So there was stuff all around, apparently, she'd, she'd said he'd done this, 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 and this. And there's a lot of people online, and I notice it's more men, sorry guys, but I do notice it's more men saying, well, if she didn't have any evidence of it, gathering evidence for what I call addiction abuse and, you know, the gaslighting and coercive control in particular um, and the trauma and the stress that you feel dealing with somebody like Johnny Depp who is in the throes of very serious multiple addictions, you can't, there is no evidence. There is no evidence, right? Unless you, a doctor is prepared to say that that his uh, addictive behaviours, addiction behaviours, relapses, relapse cycles, you know, drug addiction cycles, and then, of course, obviously, all the manipulation and the lies and the gaslighting and the controlling behavior and the neglect that she suffered, that Herd suffered when he was wanting to use or when he was in full using mode. You can't prove that. You need A doctor would need to say, you know, list those experiences that I've just listed there and then say it has caused Amber Herd traumatic brain injury. Yeah, there you've got evidence. But do you know how difficult that is? Do you know how difficult that is to get somebody to say, you know, people in addiction are actually abusive, okay? And they are neglectful, okay? And they're manipulative. These are all abusive behaviors. And whether Johnny Depp did it on purpose is irrelevant, okay? He made choices to abuse drugs. And he would, he, you heard in the recordings that he would, she would beg him not to use. That was very triggering for me. I absolutely was experienced addiction abuse with specifically, I would say, with narcissist number two. Um, because he was, he would take anything he could get his hands on. He was also a porn abuser and an alcoholic. Um, and I soon clicked that when he was using Street Valium, buying Street Valium, that that would be when that would trigger his other abusive cycles, which would be excessive masturbation, making porn and sending it to people that I knew, making it and sending it to people I didn't know, um, sexting complete strangers online, going on dating sites, going on sex sites, watching porn. So I knew that there was a, there were cycles that would be triggered by drug use, 
Okay. And all of those behaviors that he did caused me excessive trauma. And I would beg and ask not to do it. I would try and stop him doing it. And his response would be that I was boring, that I was controlling, or that he would then simply just discard me and disappear. And I knew while he was disappeared and I was sat at home crying and praying that he wasn't driving his car. He was. He wasn't cheating. He was. Uh, that he wasn't lying about me and smearing me and slagging me off to everyone that he could use drugs with and sleep with. He was. Um, and then he would come back to me. So I could absolutely identify with Amber Heard's trying to explain that she felt abused when Depp was in his addiction cycles. And I, trying to get, trying to explain that in a trial, in a court is very difficult. And I think even people that are totally on Depp's side have got to admit, you're, when you watch it, she was constantly interrupted. You're constantly told to stick to the point. And if you're you know, if you're unlucky, you have a judge or a sheriff, as we call them in Scotland, who insist on yes and no answers. And I've experienced that in court myself. Again, it was a domestic abuse trial and I was only allowed to give yes, no answers. But you cannot explain the manipulation and the coercive control and the need for closure and the need to fix things and the need to communicate with your abuser it, and your need to go back and keep trying to fix things because you're not allowed to just say as many words as I'm getting a chance to say here today, right? So her, her evidence was never going to be fulsome enough because she wasn't allowed to talk enough. You've also then got a lack of informed people, right? So even those of you listening to this, I like to think that when you listen to my podcast, you're wanting to learn, Okay. And that's why I write my books. That's why I do my YouTube channel. That's why I do everything I do um, is to teach people shit. I don't want to change your minds. I don't want to force my opinions on you. I just want you to open your minds a little bit and think, oh, that kind of makes sense. OK. And Oh, I get that now. Oh, oh, I understand that now. Right. That's all I want to do. OK. Not world domination, although, you know, I'm considering it. So when people are crowing about the fact she wasn't able to provide evidence, how do you provide the evidence of what she suffered? It's impossible. It's not impossible, but nobody wants to hear it because they don't understand it because they haven't been through it. And therefore she comes across as not being believed. And that's very difficult for someone who um, has been in a justice system on both sides of the fence where you want to explain your behaviours. Now let's talk about her behaviours. So her filming depth, and recording Depp. I did that with my narcissist number two. Because when a, when addicts and liars, and they're liars, that's how you get to be an addict and you get to use, right? Um, they're liars and they're gaslighters and they forget things or they say they forget things. Maybe it's both with Depp. Um, you get to a point in the relationship where you're so desperate to both fix your partner, who you love or you think you love, but we're actually codependent, but that's another podcast. Um, fix your partner and help them and make them stop using and lying and hurting you, you get to a point where you try to create your own evidence, partly for your own peace of mind, because you, you, if like uh, with her, not from so much with me, but with her, there was evidence given that she also took drugs and she also drank. So it's quite possible that the morning after some of these explosive addiction fueled kind of toxic encounters between the two of them, that the they, you know, he they would make up the next morning. She would be desperately trying to convince him of what he'd said and done and what had happened. And he would be desperately trying to convince her that none of those things happened. So what's the best way to prove these, these horrific encounters occurred? Recording someone. And I did that for exactly the same reasons Herd did. Um, I'm unsure why she wanted to keep, keep the recordings. But again, listen, 
deep, deep down when we're victims of, of addiction abuse, we know it's going to come to an end. We know at some point we are going to have to walk away. We as the non-addict, as the healthy person, or slow, slowly becoming less healthy person, um, we know at some point this is going to go boom. And there's going to be counter allegations that we were the drinker or we were the drugger or we were the cheat or whatever, right? And yes, it comes across as manipulative and sneaky, but and maybe it is. But it's not done for badness. It's done for self-protection. It's done for evidence purposes. And it's done to prove to people later on that we, we were not lying when we were talking about the addiction cycles and the masturbation cycles and the porn abuse and the cheating and the lying and the disgusting ways these people would look and behave and speak when they're in the throes of, of relapse or just constant, just using because they fucking well wanted to, like my narc. Um, so, yeah, you know, but she's not perfect. She's definitely not a perfect person. And I don't even, I think she even absolutely is is on the cluster B spectrum, certainly leaning towards dark tetrad with the narcissism and the Machiavellianism. Um, absolutely. But I also think he is. And we have to open our minds up to the fact that not all trials or court cases are about a goodie and a baddie. Okay. There are, in the vast majority of cases, and I can say this wholeheartedly, you know, Sometimes the perpetrators have been victims and sometimes the the uh, victims have been perpetrators. It's very, there's a lot of grey areas in there and no one is a perfect victim and no one really is a perfect perpetrator. Your perfect perpetrator would have to be a psychopath, somebody who, no matter what, always chooses to do the wrong thing for the wrong reasons for the sake of badness, you know. And there's an awful lot of perpetrators out there that have done terrible things. I'm one of them. Um who's done bad things and it's not come from a bad place. It's come from a place of desperation and fear and codependency and unhealthy attachment and alcohol um, and self-harming behaviours. So when you're seeing these, it definitely upsets me when I see these things online. It's like, so he is innocent. No, he's not. And she is a perpetrator. She is, but she's also been a victim as well. I think we need to really kind of consider all, all the stuff, you know, all that sort of stuff and, I don't really, I don't want to have it on any longer because I think, I don't think this is going to be a particular popular podcast, but it's not designed to be he said, she said, she said, he said. It's designed just to say, try to take a step back, try to think about toxic relationships like this and how you will get couples <clears throat> who make a conscious decisions to stay in the relationship knowing they're with an abuser and they're, they're, they're sick people, they're unwell people. And they need treatment or pity or um, it's just a context to consider. Because I did. You know, I knew my narcissist was an abuser. And I still lasted a couple of months after that. I knew that he, I think I knew deep down that he had had physical sexual intercourse. Well, I should have known because he gave me a bloody STI. Um, but I'd gaslighted myself into thinking. And we do, we, we gaslight ourselves into staying. So whether Depp gaslighted himself into staying with Herd a lot longer than he should have done. Or whether Herd gaslighted herself into staying with Depp a lot longer. The two of them have major codependency and attachment issues. Which will mitigate, which will manifest in abusive behaviours. Or neglectful behaviours. Or toxic behaviours. And they'll trigger each other and they'll activate each other. And you just, you get this horrendous mix of what we've all heard in that court. Um, my parents were like it. Narcissist number two and his necks were like it. And they would drag me through the cycles and other girls through the cycles. Um, I don't know if they still do it, but, I, you know, to, to, to on one hand, be call, calling someone an abuser and have decided they're an abuser and yet still have sex with them makes you toxic. 
and Depp continued to have sex with Heard, even though he knew he was they, they were toxic, and she continued having sex with him. The, the relationship went on in cycles of abuse and then making up, abuse and making up, and that's 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 equal toxicity. Okay, she didn't tie him up and keeping him in the house. You know, um, it's far more likely he stopped her leaving. You know. Um, especially if she was going to go and try and get a therapist for him or she was going to try and get him clean, you know, and that, or tell the police or try and do something to stop him. Um, addicts are renowned for freaking out when you try to stop them getting what they want. And I was assaulted and strangled, uh, slapped and called a liar and called an abuser and called controlling because I tried to stop my partner doing illegal things. You know, doing hurtful things, hurting other women, hurting other girls and driving his car when he was drunk and putting people's lives at risk. Um, there's no evidence that that, well, there is evidence because actually he had to go to court over that. But there's no evidence of how that made me feel. But any normal person listening to this podcast, any normal person that's prepared to open their mind would go, well, that must have been fucking terrifying. That must have been horrible. And that's the evidence you guys are wanting from Amber Heard. So... Anyway, there we go. Just my, uh, just my thoughts. Some of my thoughts on the matter, and it's been different. I find this quite difficult because some of my friends have got differing opinions to me. Um, but if we can just again just remember, this was not a domestic violence trial. Nobody was on trial for domestic violence. It was a defamation trial. And nobody in that courtroom was perfect, and it was mutually abusive, mutually toxic, and they both need a lot of help. Oh, and lastly, um, I actually am releasing a book about toxic couples like this, the cycles of abuse, the cycles of hoovering, um, and how that impacts people around them. It's a fictionalised take on, like I say, my experiences with my parents and with Narc um, too and his next. Um, so it's just taking on my experience with those people and it's gonna. It's called Pretty Girls Gone. And it's about how these couples cause people that they involve in their mutually toxic, uh, abusive relationships, uh, mental health issues and suicidal ideation and trauma. So uh, if you want to follow the hashtag or follow me on Amazon, I am L.W.Hawksby on Amazon. So if you follow my author account, you'll get notified when that book is released. It's finished. It's had its first round of edits. We're just looking at a final one with my editor. And that book should be out in the next few months. So look out for that and uh, thank you for listening. Obviously, that'll be my fourth book, so you might want to have a wee gander at my other books.